turn with me to James chapter 2. And you want to keep that open there because we're going to be looking throughout uh, James 2 and these verses going back and forth here in James chapter 2, beginning in verse 14. That's where we're at right now in our series. Uh, James chapter 2, verse 14. What good is it, my brothers, if a man claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can such a faith save him? Suppose a brother or sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to him, go, I wish you well, keep warm and well fed, but does nothing about his physical needs, what good is it? In the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. But someone will say, you have faith, I have deeds. Show me your faith without deeds, and I will show you my faith by what I do. You believe there's one God? Good. Even the demons believe that and shudder. You foolish man, do you want evidence that faith without deeds is useless? Was not our ancestor Abraham considered righteous for what he did when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? You see that his faith and his actions were working together and that his faith was made complete by what he did. And the scripture was fulfilled that says Abraham believed God, it was credited to him as righteousness. And he was called God's friend. You see that a person is justified by what he does, not by faith alone. And in the same way, was not even Rahab the prostitute considered righteous for what she did when she gave lodging to the spies and sent them off in different directions? As the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without deeds is dead. Here's the question for you this morning, for all of us this morning, from James. Is your faith real? Is your faith real? Do you have a real faith? How do you know that? Now, an appropriate response would be, because the Bible tells me so, right? You know, that's one of those. And that's good. Yes, we can have assurance of faith. But what is the evidence that you have got real faith? And what does the Bible say real faith actually is? What is real faith? That we say we have. We see in our passage here in James, uh, real faith described uh, not only to the point of, of what real faith is, but what real faith does. You see, real faith works. Real faith works. It does work. Action, deeds. In fact, we need a real faith that works. And James talks about that here in this chapter. In fact, if we're going to understand a real faith that works, then we're going to have to get two essential truths down here's the first truth let's grasp that works are the fruit of faith not the root we need to grasp that works are the fruit of faith not the root this passage in james can be confusing for some people it seems like it's the exact opposite of what paul is saying you got james saying this like the stuff like in verse 24 you see that a person is justified by what he does and not by faith alone. And then you have places where Paul, let's say like Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 and 9, for it is by grace you have been saved through faith and this not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. Here's the thing. It's, they don't contradict one another, but rather complement one another. You see, what James is saying and what Paul is saying are to two different kinds of people and two different situations for two different purposes. 
if you will, Paul is dealing with someone before coming to Christ for salvation, and James is dealing with someone after coming to Christ for salvation. So in other words, James would say all that Paul is saying is true. It is by grace you're saved through faith. It is not by works. It's not by good deeds. It gets us salvation. There is no work. There is no amount of deeds that we could ever do that would be good enough to somehow outweigh the bad in our life and then get us to heaven. If we were to ask how, we know that we're going to heaven. If you're asked, how do you know that you're going to heaven? The correct biblical answer should never be because I've lived a good life or I've done good works for others. Because that misses it altogether. In fact, that will miss heaven altogether. Works are not a part of the root of our salvation. But the fruit that grows out of that is works. Paul, solo fide, faith alone. James doesn't have a problem with But what James does have a problem with is those after salvation who just talk about their faith but don't walk it through works. In fact, really, Paul isn't opposed to that in any way, no matter what somebody may try to tell you. Paul, in fact, even in the context of this very passage in verse 10, we read, For we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus for what? To do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. We are not saved by works, but we are saved for good works. We are saved for works. Our works, what we do, is not how we get to know God's love. Rather, it's how we show that we've got God's love. Works are the evidence, the fruit that comes from a real faith. How do you know that you have a saving faith? Just look. No fruit, no faith. In fact, verse 17 tells us in the same way faith by itself, if not accompanied by action, is dead. If not accompanied by action, that word accompanied means to cause, to bring about, to produce. Faith produces a fruit of action. Verse 20, you foolish man, do you want evidence that faith without deeds is useless? You want proof that a fruit tree that does not bear fruit is useless, so to speak. That's what Jesus is talking about here in Matthew chapter 7, verse 16 through 20. You'll recognize them by their fruit. Are grapes gathered from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? In the same way, every good tree produces good fruit, but a bad tree produces bad fruit. A good tree can't produce bad fruit, neither can a bad tree produce good fruit. Every tree that doesn't produce good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. So you'll recognize them by their fruit. Uh, Let me show you some trees. And if you recognize the tree... Don't shout it out loud so everybody gets it. I just want you to put your hand up that you recognize the tree. Uh, All right, so let's start with uh, uh, this picture. Okay. 
How many got it? Let me see your hands. Oh, yeah, he was here the first <laughs> service. Okay, uh, you think you know what kind of tree that is? Now, don't say it. I know some are having a difficult time. I don't understand why you're having a difficult time. Let me just make it a little easier. Now, do you know what kind of tree it is? How many know what kind of tree it is now? Oh, okay. How about this tree? Do you know what kind of tree this is? How many know what kind of tree it is now? Okay, how about this tree? Do you know what kind of tree this is? This is easy. We should get this. No, no, we don't. got it. Okay, how about now? You will recognize a tree by its fruit. That's what we're recognizing, the tree by its fruit. And what he's trying to get across, you will recognize whether you have real faith by fruit, by actions, by works. That is how you recognize the real faith of a real Christian. We clearly can see what kind of tree something is by the fruit it produces. Let's grasp that works are the fruit of faith. Now, somebody said, wait, wait, I thought that there are those, you know, that, that argue that all you need, if you're, when you become a Christian, all you need to live the Christian life is just to have faith. As a Christian, all you need is just to have faith to live the Christian life. It's interesting that Paul and James both use Abraham as an example. Abraham. Abraham, by Paul, was someone who was justified, was righteous, someone who had real faith because he believed. But understand that Abraham wasn't, it wasn't because Abraham was following the law of God, so to speak, because let's face it. What we think of the law of God, the Mosaic law, didn't take place until after Abraham. So how was Abraham just? How did Abraham have real faith? By what he was willing to do in response to his faith in God. His faith in God meant his trust. The faith that was a trust in God. He had real faith that was willing to do what was needed. Abraham was Paul's model of faith because he believed and trusted and took God at his word on a number of different things. In fact, in Genesis 15, we we read that in Romans 4, verse 3. What does the scripture say? Pointing back to Genesis 15. What does the scripture say? Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. That's the root of Abraham's faith. He believed God. He trusted God. That is his root. But James uses Abraham as a model of faith, of a real faith that works. In verse 21 and verse 22 here. Was not our ancestor Abraham considered righteous for what he did when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? You see that his faith and his actions were working together. His faith was made complete by what he did. Abraham had the root of a saving faith that believed and trusted God, but he showed that in the fruit through a number of different ways, including being willing to sacrifice his one and only son, Isaac. He showed his faith by his works, by what he did. That's why earlier in James chapter 1 and verse 22, we read this earlier about being doers of the word, 
not just hearers only. Real faith produces real fruit, works, deeds. It should move us to action. It's as it's saying here in uh, James chapter 2, verse 22, you see that his faith and his actions were working together. Faith and actions working together. Kind of like on the screen there, you see those two gears together. When we become, uh, when we step across that line, when we receive the gift of eternal life, when we have a real faith rooted in Christ, then faith and works go together like these two cogs. That's how it should be always. It's not one or the other. It is both and. Living the Christian life is about faith and works working together, turning together. That's the first truth. The second truth that we need to grasp is that faith without deeds is dead. Sometimes people say, well, is that person a Christian or or, or not? And the response often is, well, I know they made a profession of faith at one time in their life. You know what James is going to say to that? So what? So what? They made a profession of faith. If you want to know whether they are, it's not just about their words, it's about their works. Verse 18 in James chapter 2 here. In verse 18 we read, But someone will say, You have faith, I have deeds. Show me your faith without deeds, and I will show you my faith by what I do. Show me your faith without works or deeds. <laughs> and it's, it, sometimes we don't recognize how humorous sometimes the Bible is and people are saying things. Hey, show me your faith by without your deeds. Well, that's impossible. There's nothing to see here. There, there is nothing to show. We miss this whole root and fruit difference and stop short of what Jesus is calling us to. You see, Jesus in this very, the great commission to us in Matthew chapter 28 and verses 19 and 20 said, Go and make disciples, not decisions, not about professions of faith, but those who live out the faith. It's the way it should be happening. How, please understand, there is a point in time where each and every one of us needs to make a decision to follow Jesus. But that decision means nothing if from that point in time we don't actually follow Jesus. If we don't actually move, emotion, action that a real faith is supposed to have. Unfortunately, there are many who talk about being good with God and yet they're not walking with God or for Him. There's no evidence of any real faith that works. In fact, there is no change at all in their life. And you say, why does that matter? Because it says very clearly that when we come to Christ, we become new creations, completely new creations, different. There should be a difference. We should live differently. We should look differently. Everything should be different because of what Jesus did in us. Not just in our heads, not just in our hearts, but in our hands and what we do. Somewhere uh, people have gotten this impression that doing anything about their Christianity, that that doing something, following up with how Christ told us to follow, uh, doing those this and that are just optional. 
They're just optional add-ons to the faith for those who really want to be committed. If you really want to be committed, you know, there's optional things to, you know, you can read the Bible, you can pray, you can come to church services, you can uh, talk to others, share others, you can uh, you can live the this way that Jesus said, you can love others. I mean, those are, if you really want to be committed, it's all optional, but all you really need to do is just believe. James gives an example of the point of the necessity of works of faith together in action in verses 15 and 16. Suppose a brother or sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to him, go, I wish you well, keep warm and well fed, but does nothing about his physical needs, what good is it? Verse 15, someone has a real serious need. Verse 16, the Christian, because it's talking about brothers and sisters, Christian says, and we may not recognize it today, but in those days, what he said was really even less than what we're reading it today. What he said was just a standard goodbye blessing. Go in peace. God bless you. I'll pray for you. I'm just not willing to be the answer to that prayer. The main point of what, James is making here is the pointlessness of a statement of God bless you that has really said nothing because it did nothing from a faith that was nothing. As verse 17 says, follows up those two verses, verse 17, in the same way, faith by itself if not accompanied by action, is dead. Action like helping others in need and so many other things. You know, we can say all the nice religious right things, uh, but it doesn't have any meaning. Any more than, hey, God bless you. It doesn't have any meaning unless we walk the talk, unless we back up our faith claim. And this really shouldn't be a hard thing. This is not about a thing that we're trying to do in our own human effort. This is something that should just naturally come, should flow out of a real faith. This should be the fruit that just grows out of that real faith root. You know, we don't earn our salvation by our human effort, by what we do. Newsflash, we also don't keep our salvation by human effort and what we do. But what we do, that fruit should be something that grows out of a true root of faith in us. It should just happen. What kind of faith do we really have if there's no action, there's no works? And we, we try to justify that by saying, oh, I, I believe, though. It's be, all I got to do is just believe. Well, what does that mean? After all... You know, for some, it means that, you know, I come to know Christ, I believe, and I don't have to do anything from that point on. That's it. I just believed. Faith is not real. You can believe all the right things, mentally uh, uh, accept or have an intellectual assent to all the truth of the gospel of God, but that's not enough for a real faith. Even if I say, I truly believe that Jesus is the Savior, I'm not just saying this to try to get to heaven. 
I really, in my mind, I really believe that Jesus is a Savior. I really believe there is one God. I really believe that there is a heaven and a hell. I believe that Jesus died on the cross for the forgiveness of sins. And I believe that he came to be the Savior to make a way for us to have a relationship with God throughout all eternity. I believe. And James' response to that here is, so what? Verse 19, you believe there is one God? Good. Even the demons believe that and shudder. Even the demons believe that and shudder. That's great you believe there's one God. A biblical teaching in this polytheistic world, especially that they were living in, the Jewish Christian audience would have strongly believed that truth because they would have repeated it in the Shema from Deuteronomy chapter 6 over and over. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. It's something they really truly believe. They got it down as an unquestionable fact, but that doesn't mean they have real faith. Because you know what? The demons got that fact down too. The demons in their belief, their doctrine is orthodox. Their demons' belief is normal. In fact, the demons believe it's all true. More so than some who call themselves Christians. The demons believe more. But they're not following it. They believe it all, but they're not following at all. Demons do not have a real faith that works, and they're not going to heaven. They are not, as Abraham was called, a friend of God. So obviously it takes more than just defining our faith by merely the facts that we believe in, what we do, sometimes what we say. This person, you know, think about it. Uh, What do we say to a person who really, really believes something, but it's all in their head? We tell them, you know what, that's not real. I know you really believe it, but it's not real. I really, really believe this, but if it's just in your head, your faith, it's not real. Yes, we need to believe the truth, but just believing the facts is not real faith. It really can just be a religion. That just becomes a religion without a real relationship where we can be called a friend of God that makes a real difference, a truth that actually trusts and a faith that works which goes beyond believing the truth about Jesus to trusting in Jesus. Not just in our head, not just in our heart, but in a way that we act upon it and we show that the faith is real. That's what Abraham did. In a sense, God said to Abraham, do you trust me? You say you believe. Do you believe? You know? And what if Abraham said, yes, Lord, I believe. I trust you all the way. But he didn't take Isaac to sacrifice him. Faith without works is dead. There is no faith there. He say all he wants. Yes, he had that belief, and from that root of that belief and that trust that he had in God, he produced a fruit that was willing even to go to the point of sacrificing his one and only son, even to the point where he had the knife up at his highest point and about to bring it down Abraham had a real faith that worked, that had action with it. He had a faith that walked the talk like all of us should have. 
It's interesting that, Abra- that James here not only uses Abraham, but uses Rahab. Two very different people, uh, yet the same example of real faith. Rahab is not a perfect person. Uh, she became the perfect example, though, of faith. In verse 25, we read, In the same way, in 25 of chapter 2 of James, in the same way was not even Rahab the prostitute considered righteous for what she did when she gave lodging to the spies and sent them off in a different direction. She made a decision that the one true God would be her God. She didn't make this decision because it was a fire escape decision so that she could be on the winning side because nobody really knew for sure who the winning side was that month. The spies were just kind of going into the land, so to speak. And who would have ever thought that Jericho, the immense, impenetrable fortress that had never been breached, let alone come down, would be defeated. But she believed God. She believed that God would bring about the victory. But she didn't just talk her faith. She walked her faith. Not just by being nice to the spies, but so much more that she risked everything, including her very life for God. It showed itself. How does our faith show itself? How does our faith work? We may have asked Jesus to be our Savior with our lips, but what is our life saying? What? By how we live, are we saying it? How are we showing? How are we walking that talk? And here's something we don't want to miss in what James says in verse 19. If you remember, that was where he said, you believe in God, there is one. You believe there is one God, good. Even demons believe that and shudder. James is in some way saying, you know what? The demons has got one up on some of you. They got one up on you because they actually have a reaction to the truth about Jesus. They not only believe it, but they shudder. They feel it. It affects them. That word means they tremble with fear to be extremely afraid. How many would say that they are believers in Christ today and yet don't have any kind of reaction or action to Jesus or for Jesus, that what comes out of faith, we say we have in Christ a real faith that should not just move our emotions, but should move us in motion for God. Because if we're moving, if we're not moving, if there's no action, if there's no works, if there's no nothing, our faith is dead. Verse 17 that I read earlier, in the same way faith by itself, if not accompanied by action, is dead. A living faith is something that is lived out. It's just pretty clear how he's talking about this whole point here. Faith without deeds is dead. In verse 26, the last verse, as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without deeds is dead. It can't get any clearer than this. Although we like to muddy the water, we say, well, well, but no. No. This is not about a faith that is carnal or fleshly. This is not about a faith that is immature. It's not about a weak faith. It's not talking here about a lukewarm or uncommitted faith. It's not about a faith that without works is somehow incomplete. 
but it very clearly states in verses 17 and verse 26, and really the whole thing of this passage is that faith without works is dead, dead. It is no faith at all. It does not exist. Have you ever looked at an animal, come across, let's just say, an animal, and you wonder whether it's alive? I can't tell whether it's alive. And so what do you do? You stand there for a moment and you look at it. What, what are you looking for? You're looking to see if it moves. I know it's alive if it moves. Even if just to see it breathe, to see the lungs expanding. You know, you're looking. If it moves, then I know it's alive. Not only God, but people are looking at us to see whether our faith is alive. And the way they know is if we move, if there's action, if there's works of what God has told us to do. But but somebody says, is there still a chance for someone if they don't have works, if they don't have works with faith? In, in other words, if... if if there's no fruit to go with the roots, can they still have a saving faith? Well, first off, we need to keep in mind that God is the judge. And this whole root and fruit discussion is only something he can see. He can see good and bad that we can't possibly see, so it's up to him. But based on verse 17 and verse 26, the real question you should be asking about that, the real way it should be worded based on those verses is this. Can a dead, useless faith be a saving faith? Now, the answer should be fairly obvious to that question. In fact, that's how it all begins in verse 14. What good is it, my brothers, if a man claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can such a faith save him? And the way that is worded in the original is it expects a negative answer. No. Can such a faith save him? No. It cannot because it's dead. It is without hope. A faith. That as much as we may talk, as much as we say, we believe, a faith that is flatlined. Because faith without works is dead. Now, uh, somebody say, well, okay, okay, then I, I just need to, uh, I guess I haven't really been doing good with or I've been doing good for God. So, um, you know what, I'm, I'm going to go, as soon as service is over, I'm going to go out and do something right now to prove to God and to everyone that I have a real faith that works. I'm just going to go do it and show that, that, that my faith is alive and not dead. And so you go out and do something. And there's a beat. You know, all right, I did it. But it goes right back to flatlining. And so many people live their life like, that. Well, I'm going to just, just do something, you know, and I, here, see, I did it. There's still no life there. You did that. Just a blip on the monitor. What does it prove? Are you really alive if it's just one? heartbeat every seven months or however long it takes between or for some people it's every seven days 
where there's any kind of work or action in our faith. We need more than just one quick smack to somehow show a heartbeat. To have a faith that is alive means that we have a continual heartbeat for God. A real faith that acts. And it's not something that we have to manufacture, push, or pound out. But it's a natural overflow of a faith that is real. A faith that works. A real Christianity that is alive. That just lives out. uh, Perhaps today. We need our hearts to start beating again for God. Like it should. And that God can. And we'll do that in and through us. We need a real faith. That works. Now please. We got to understand the difference when we've talked about this root and fruit of what's something that happens. It doesn't mean that we go out and get some plastic Christian fruit and tie it onto our tree. I don't know if you're following, you know, okay, we've, we've got an apple tree, but it's never had any fruit. So we go out and buy apples and we tie them onto the tree. It's an apple tree. Yeah, well, that's not how it's supposed to work. The fruit comes from the root. It grows. It's not just a decision we make with our head and with our heart, but with our hands. It's something that as disciples, we live out a real faith through his power. Uh, Does your faith work? Somebody says, well, yeah, it works for me. That's not. Does your faith work for God? That's what matters. How are you putting your faith in action? Not just merely being good, but doing good. And and please know, we're all in different places. We're all in different phases of growth and maturity. We all have different uh, size and amount of fruit on our trees, so to speak. The point is just to have a faith that grows and shows itself by works, by our action. By what we do, that we know that Christ has called us to do. Uh, let's be honest, there, there's a lot of people, and it may not be those who are here today, but there are a lot of Christians that we know even that during this COVID time haven't just crawled into a cave away from everybody, but they found this cave away from God even. Your faith is not the same as it was. The heartbeat is not as strong your heartbeat of faith is getting weaker and weaker and you just going out and pounding on your chest is not going to do it but God can do it even this morning through his power Shocking us back into a real faith that works. Not just a, a feeling, not just an emotion, as I said, but into a motion of working through our faith as Christ works in us. Let the Holy Spirit shock you into real and right rhythm this morning that we would follow Christ by doing a faith that works he bring it about in us Uh, worship team come as we pray this morning father we thank you 
We ask that you would move and work in us as only you can. But I, I don't know where everyone's at this morning, but I am pretty sure that there are some heartbeats of faith that have become irregular and even weaker. We've at least done something by being here or being online, but there is much more fruit that needs to come from this root of faith we say we have. Do a work in us this morning. Revive us. To be alive in you. Alive not just to sit there, but alive to move, to work, to act upon the faith that we say we have. Holy Spirit, fall upon.